0: told me especially my brother it is not her talking like this uh-huh. it is the disease talking but the words still hurt sure yeah um, she couldn't remember on the next day but yeah something we learned is to find joy in all things so even in the hard times we would giggle and make light of the situation like i mentioned earlier therapeutic fibbing was real and it's a necessity and i hated lying to my mom but gosh it made it it really mm-hmm. is well that could comfort her some days
1: welcome to aging and style the podcast dedicated to celebrating aging and what it takes to do it well. I'm Lori Williams, I'm a certified senior advisor and senior housing expert. In each episode, you'll learn stories of older adults who are thriving in their 70s, 80s, 90s, in some cases, in their hundreds. Whether you're an older adult or the child of an older adult, this podcast is filled with insightful resources, organizations that are doing incredible work, and stories that will inspire you to volunteer, learn, And who knows, maybe even skydive in your golden years. Hi, welcome to Aging in Style with Lori Williams. Today's show is a very special one. I have a friend of mine, Kelly Sattler, who I've known for probably 20 years or so. We used to live in the same neighborhood. And uh, Kelly reached out to me. She wants to share her journey with her mother, Rosie, who uh, was diagnosed with dementia. And she you know, went through the entire journey from early stage diagnosis all the way through memory care, through in-home care. She has quite a story to tell. And Kelly just feels like, you know, it's a great way to share her experience as a daughter and help someone else. And I totally agree. It's a great story and I really appreciate you coming on to share it.
0: Hey, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Good. We'll just get started on When did you notice something was up? She had sudden open heart surgery and she recovered super easy because she exercised every day. Mm -hmm. And so that helped the recovery. She was a really tough farm girl and an independent, you know, widow for 21 years. But she began noticing she would forget proper nouns. So she'd know she was going to the grocery store, but she didn't know she was going to Kroger or Market Street. Mm -hmm. Name. She'd say, you know, your babysitter, not her name. So she mentioned to her doctor and her doctor had her take a formal memory evaluation. She drove herself to downtown Dallas. Mm-hmm. This was one year post the open heart surgery. And the doctor called me and he said, I can't believe you had her drive to downtown Dallas all by herself because sooner than later, she will need help with finances, driving and medications. And I don't recommend you ever letting her drive to Dallas by herself again. Wow. So, had yeah. you noticed anything? Just aging a little bit. And yeah, but nothing Huge, yeah. Do you think she was
1: covering it up? Oh, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) and she was young. I I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but she was sixty-seven, which is very young.
0: Sixty-seven when she had the heart surgery. It was a total of five years, so from the time she had the open heart surgery and she died. So, okay. So, what happened once she was given the diagnosis? That was in November, and then uh, four months later, we had to take her to a ER visit. And she didn't know what year it was, didn't know who the president was. And this is after having extreme leg pain and confusion starting like December 28th, like the end of mm-hmm. the year. So I think she was in the hospital on Valentine's Day. So we ended up moving her to assisted living, thanks to your help and referring us there. And she was there for seven months. And she didn't want to go. Oh, no, no <laughs> she did not. She did not. Um, we experienced everything from suicidal thoughts and tend you know, things that she, you know, she was saying, I don't wanna be here anymore. But lots of falls, her begging us to pick her up, paranoia, asking to move home over and over because we didn't sell her house. Um, she met lots of sweet friends and she tried to make the best of it. But once her eating and her sleeping and her medications were regulated, she was actually taking care of the other residents. <laughs> so the management and the facility was failing. Well, there's no perfect facility. We decided to move her home. Because we, we didn't have really another option at that time. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to move her to another facility. We were trying to do what she wanted to do, even though her thoughts weren't clear. And so we moved her home to her own house and her own bed. And we had a med givers come give her medicine every morning mm-hmm. and evening. And they were like putting eyes on her. And then we had cameras installed all over her house so mm-hmm. that we knew when she left. When she was sleeping, when she was awake, when she was coherent and not. So.
1: Mm-hmm. And she never tried to leave the house.
0: Oh, she did. Oh, she so did. Okay. After, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> everything was good for about six months until she progressed. You know, we actually told her we were putting the cameras in the house because she thought people were living in her attic. So she had the paranoia and the Which anxiety. Is common. Yes, very common. She is a typical textbook case. Yeah,
1: she is. Um,
0: I wish I never had to live the story, but no, it's, of it's, the more I educated myself, the better off I was. So I knew it was coming. But she had anxiety and delusions hallucinating and then she wandered and so we hired in around the clock care hoping we wouldn't have to have it for long but we ended up hiring live-ins through a a company
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and then it was time for memory care we had tried a geriatric psychologist Um, we had talked to the alzheimer's association about keeping her super busy during the day anything from folding napkins to Mm -hmm. sorting spoons and forks to just trying to keep her brain busy because a person sitting at their house with a caregiver on a TV is no. not very, you know, life giving, I guess no, you'd call it's it. Not. So um we tried a lot of different things, but the sundowners was our biggest problem. She would just hold her hands up in the air and say, Jesus, I have I take me please now. I want no more confusion.
1: So So she kind of like she knew she was confused. So she had those moments of where she was lucid. Oh yeah. And, and that happened she
0: did but they weren't too often okay and sometimes we didn't know when the lucidity was there or yeah. not and that were something that a tip that i have is like the whole what you read about therapeutic fibbing it is necessary especially yeah. when they have dementia you have to tell them things that comfort them mm-hmm. and i hated lying to my mother but but you have to i had to yeah i had to so she would sundown she would beg just... to go home and oh, she was staying goodness. right in her house my kids would We'd pick him up from school at like 4 4.15 and the phone would start ringing and it depended sometimes on the caregiver because sometimes mm-hmm. they would deter her. Sometimes they would go drive her around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, she
1: could still remember your number
0: Oh, to yeah. call you? She, she wow. remembered my number when she was wandering at 6.15 in the morning on a Saturday and she couldn't find her house but she remembered my phone number. And wow. she never wanted to be a burden on us. Yeah. So that was something else and I think why mm-hmm. she would hide it but mm-hmm. yeah so she um we well we're going to jump to memory care. i mean we, yeah sure yeah. so so when she wandered though so she left
1: the house at six fifteen in the morning mm-hmm. and how did you find out she was did she go she, to i neighbor? got a phone
0: call from a lady that said your mom's sitting in my kitchen she <sighs> has fallen and she doesn't she says she has some memory loss and she can't find her house so uh can you come get her i was like oh my gosh <sighs> so that was when it started on a saturday morning and she did it again on sunday night mm-hmm and she was just super tired didn't remember doing it but back though to the sundowning it was affected if i affected the whole family because mm-hmm. my kids would get in the car and say how's rosie today mm-hmm. or i'd walk in the house and my husband husband would ask how's rosie today because they knew if she had a good day i did too yeah right so absolutely. they were always kind of checking the water testing yeah. the water but they loved her and they cared <laughs> sure. for her and that's why they care. you know why would they would ask
1: yeah
0: but um yeah so we tried everything the caregivers tried everything you know, a tip when you're hiring uh, in live-ins, try to only have two or three max a week. Mm-hmm. Because some weeks we had four, some weeks we had five. And that
1: was confusing yeah. for
0: her, all it these was different confusing. people. So if you only had two, one day, one person working three nights and one working four nights, you're so much better off because it made her more clear when she didn't have people coming in and out. She thought at one point she was at a church retreat and she was, they were there for her to share Jesus to them. Oh so goodness. that happened a lot for several months. And it was because she didn't realize her house was her house with her things because mm-hmm. her brain was slowly dying. Yeah. But she thought these people were coming in mm-hmm. and that she didn't realize they were caring for her. So she, she
1: was sort of caring for them though.
0: Well, she tried. Or thinking she, she, tried was. Best, yes. <laughs> she tried her best. She tried her best. So
1: that's cute <laughs> so then it came to the point where it was time to really seriously look at memory care for her
0: right right and Lori had sent us where we needed to be and we we put a deposit down several months before we actually mm-hmm, pulled the trigger did. but there comes a time where you know you can no longer take care of it yourself um people told me like we don't regret any of our efforts it's been pointed out at the beginning uh, that i was trying to fix her well I never thought i was trying to fix her mm-hmm. i was trying to be a loving daughter but i was putting everything aside for her and
1: yeah
0: i was trying to make her happy and mm-hmm. there's no way to make a dementia patient happy because they're mm-hmm. going to go through all these you know paranoia anxiety they're going to have all these fears because they're so scared inside because they don't realize what's going on and why they're feeling different mm-hmm. um but i was just trying to comfort her but it was a full-time job and yeah. i couldn't do that and be a good wife and be a good employee at my job mm-hmm. and be good with my kids i mean some weeks were better than others and some caregivers were better than others mm-hmm. um but yeah so when we moved her to memory care she wouldn't even walk in the first day we had to take her back like seven hours later because she knew where she was going she walked back there and she <laughs> said i'm not staying here uh-huh. and she because you know she didn't look like a no. typical dementia patient she was a young spunky walking talking mm-hmm. they called her a walker and a talker yeah and um uh, but there was just that sundowner's time came and she was like a different person mm-hmm. so We took her there and she didn't want to go, so we had to take her back at like 4 o'clock right before dinner. My brother and I took her and walked her in the back door, Mm -hmm. so the front door, and uh, had to leave her there and not go visit for two weeks. So she had to separate from us and we had to separate from her.
1: I bet that was hard. Yeah. Yeah, can imagine. And so then she, you know, you move into a memory care and, and that is pretty typical that they want you to stay away for a little bit and give her a chance to sort of adapt and get used to her environment. Um, So then you go back
0: after two weeks. This is what she says. It's so sweet. She said, she said, Kelly, sometimes I just need my Kelly because she knew what I needed before I could even ask. Wow. And that's one of the biggest compliments Mm -hmm. she ever gave me because I knew how much she appreciated me.
1: Yeah, she knew. Even though she had this you know awful disease she knew
0: and she didn't want to be dependent on us because she'd mm-hmm. always been so independent as a widow but like the day before she moved to memory care it was like eight o'clock in the morning and she calls and she begs me and the caregiver to take her home mm-hmm. so i drop my kids to school I go over there and pick her up drive around she sees the grocery store she sees her neighbor's house but she still wants to go home mm-hmm. and she sat in my entryway in my house and she said like she kept on pacing, and I was like, "Mom, what's wrong?" And she goes, "I feel like a lost puppy, and I don't know where to go."
1: Oh, I remember you telling me.
0: Yeah, that. she said. Yeah. You know, I never thought at that point that she could verbalize, "I'm scared." Yeah, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Uh huh. Because at some at one point, she didn't even recognize my my house. Yeah. Or my dog, you know, my dogs and things like that. So, four months later, she wasn't walking or talking.
1: Because it I, just advanced. The disease that quickly. Advanced.
0: So she was scared. She was confused. And now she's calm and a peaceful and rest, you know, resting. Yeah. And so it's good, but it sure did happen fast. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it really did oh. to progress fast. um, I mean, through all this, what and I know, you know, you mentioned a little bit touched on it. What effect did it have on your family, on your on your husband and your kids? And I know you, you mentioned that they would check and make sure what kind of day Rosie was having right, and right. to see it how was, you were doing. It was an
0: impossible balancing act yeah um it made life tense and stressful and most days were affected by her mm-hmm. and caring for her but it was out of love that we cared for her yeah um we were the positive was we got to spend more time with her mm-hmm. she helped raise our kids so we helped she her did. to the very end yeah um let's see
1: i remember her uh, when you lived in the neighborhood and she would always come to all of our neighborhood functions oh, yeah. and stuff. And I can still see her. She always won stuff at the <laughs> raffle. Man, she was lucky. She always won. And she was she always was an
0: active grandmother. She
1: was so involved with your kids. Yeah. I always remember that.
0: Um, it taught us a lot of patience and my kids mm-hmm. when they're ugly and they're talking and making no sense. I had to finally really realize it. And people have told me, especially my brother, it is not her talking like this. Uh-huh. It is the disease talking. But the words still hurt. Sure yeah um, she couldn't remember on the next day but yeah something we learned is to find joy in all things so even in the hard times we would giggle and make fun of her behind her back a lot mm-hmm. not in a rude way but like sure just make light of the situation um like i mentioned earlier therapeutic fibbing was real and it's a necessity and i hated lying to my mom but gosh it made it it really mm-hmm. is well that could comfort her some days
1: yeah if, if a lie comforts my um husband's mother had a brain tumor and it ended up she had like uh dementia and she was young she was like 63. oh wow and um in the midst of this of her brain tumor she was Mark and I weren't even married yet I mean we were young and so in the midst of all of this she's in a, a nursing home on medicaid because she's young <laughs> didn't have money and we're kids we don't really have money and um Mark's brother passed away he was killed in a car accident and it was like we can't tell her that what good would that do to tell her cuz she was basically everything like dementia there was no way she would remember any of it so You know, I understood that early on, that therapeutic fibbing Mm -hmm.
0: is the right thing to do. Sometimes you don't know when to fib, when to not. You know, while she was in memory care, she asked me if her husband was alive, and he would have passed 20 years prior. I was like, no, Mom. And she asked about her mother because, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was taught, they forget everything except the Mm -hmm. core of the apple, you know, that's deep to their heart. So I was like, no, Mom, she died, he died. You know, they're waiting for you in heaven. So
1: Did she go down to like where she was like a small child? At times, like she thought she was like, because sometimes that happens where they're almost like a three to five year old.
0: I think at the end, that's how I, re- how I, you know, the last two weeks she figured out how to walk, talk, mm-hmm. and um, sit up. So you know, you talk about the fetal position, you know, being a baby. So mm-hmm. she, she just her brain just wore out, and mm-hmm. the and just like like I said earlier, the best thing that I did for myself is educate myself mm-hmm. and I have Facebook groups for huge for me because I could do them on my own time there was Mm 40,000 people in the groups somebody always had it worse off than I was and it's amazing that the comfort that it provided me and the knowledge I learned Mm -hmm. from it um and you actually told me about some of these Facebook
1: groups because I hadn't you know searched as a daughter because I thankfully my mom does not have dementia (laughs) so I hadn't searched for that but you know, we always say go to a support group, go to a support group. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's hard when you are, you are the perfect sandwich generation. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a mom, you are taking care of your mom, you're taking care of your kids, and you're working. So when would you have time to go to? I did it a couple of times. Know. I went
0: on a few Friday mornings, and it was not convenient, and it was all yeah. spouses, and they were all super elderly. There was no, uh-huh. no daughters taking care of their So it's good to know. Spouse. Yeah, there There's are, lots of different avenues out there for sure. Yeah. Um, so the question back was, you said, what did we learn, though? I think- mm-hmm. What i would say to other people is that we're not alone you got to find just like a support group you got a friend a mm-hmm. friend who understands that can work the walk through the journey through you um some of my favorite people i ever met were in the parking lots at assisted living and memory care wow because they were experiencing the same thing as you uh-huh. you started talking to them after they went and visit their parents and they felt the same way you did and you know when you're trying to find a facility i didn't have to search too far because you were right there with us the whole way but both for memory and assisted mm-hmm. living with but asking another family mm-hmm. what they think about the facility or two because you know, they're don't experiencing get out of your car it. you see somebody going in and then you <laughs> say hey how long has your parent lived here that right mm-hmm. there was an eye opener at multiple places um yeah. just to see how their experience was um, and then and something interesting that i learned and i asked my kids this before because i knew i was coming to do this today i said you know what did you learn through this? Because I have one child that wants to be a nurse now. Because he's learned he's really good at caregiving. Mm-hmm. Like he has the knack, he has the heart, he has the patience, um, and he thinks he he could get paid to love on those people. Like he thinks that's just great. That's awesome. But he said, if I had to tell my friend what dementia was like, I would tell them don't expect them to get better. And I said, why? And he goes, I always thought she was going to get better, but she only got worse. So I never knew that he was disappointed. Mm-hmm for yeah. months until after like probably about six, eight weeks after uh-huh. she passed, he was like, I just kept on thinking she would get better and she never did and it was so disappointing to me. Yeah. So I don't know if I gave him a false sense of you know, mm-hmm. reality, but. Or just as a kid, you right. just
1: think, yeah. you know, she's going to get better. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, some, what? let's see, other things that I learned was do not take anything, a single thing that's valuable to a memory care or assisted living. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, we didn't lose anything big but people take things out of people's rooms that she left things at the dinner table we mm-hmm. lost her glasses we lost a couple pieces of jewelry that mm-hmm. she really wanted to have that i wish i had now
1: like other uh, residents in the memory care maybe you never know care. it could yeah. be an
0: employee you just know, never know mm-hmm. um and it was not something we couldn't live without but mm-hmm. it was disappointing that her glasses were gone really quick and uh, never found and you, just little stuff like that mm-hmm. that I just look back and that's the best advice. Do not take anything valuable mm-hmm. because you never know whose room it's gonna end up in yeah. or whatever. And um So maybe just take pictures and things that to yeah. make it homey for her. Yeah, pictures. Mm-hmm. Just don't take things that are not replaceable. Yeah, you know. And then we were told that, but you only follow directions so much because yeah. um, you want to feel like <laughs> home for them. Um, and then another tip that I have is invest in a camera uh, the facility she was in for memory care was amazing and we can't say enough good things about it. Uh, Lori knew exactly where mm-hmm. to send us, but I think only four out of the 33 rooms had electronically monitored devices. So meaning a camera mm-hmm. and it gave us a sense of mind now it does cause you to have some PTSD afterwards because you're used to seeing them and you see some things you wish you'd never seen, mm-hmm. but this sense of security that it gave us mm-hmm. was good, but again, hard to live through. Mm-hmm. Um, just in, in what way do you mean? then just in just to watch to her watching, watching her digress or see her crying yeah. or frustrated mm-hmm. or trying to do something, you know, put on her clothes by herself and she needed assistance. Mm-hmm. So let's see other advice. You'll meet amazing people through the whole journey. And those are the people you cling to. I mean, those are people like neighbors and friends. They'll do anything you ask them to because they want to help you help her. Mm -hmm. My mom didn't look as progressed, like I said, as other patients. Um, But she she was much younger, super quickly. So that's Uh why I thought she'd be one of those patients that would live forever with dementia and just be there. You know, the tough ones at the end, just sitting there. And she really wasn't for very long
1: well and that's because they say the younger you get it the quicker it progresses did you ever know that that?
0: well i'd read and she had vascular dementia and i read just the other day that the typical expectancy of vascular dementia is five years and she had it like four and a half five years but you know you can have alzheimer's up to 20 years yeah i don't know if i could handle that Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know taking over 20 years um no Advice I'd give somebody along the journey is when your family and friends ask you how's your mom, what they're really saying is how are you? I care about you, and I know if your mom's good, you're good. But my again, my kids would ask me mm-hmm. when they got in the car. But I have friends from church. My friends would ask me constantly, "How's Rosie?" And I finally was like, after about a couple of years, I was like, "What about me? How am I?" Yeah. But they, when they looked at me, they thought about her because they knew I was spending my time and effort taking care of her. So. Don't that feel is. bad if they always ask how your parents are doing and not you.
1: I like that you just said that because that is true. Because I know I would ask you all the time, how's your mom doing? And I really was asking how you're doing. Right. I never thought about it, but you're right. It's just
0: one of those things I learned. Yeah. And I don't know if I would do anything different when I, you know, mm-hmm. that's, you're just asking out of love. Yeah, it's truly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, some other advice I would give is get your business in order, even if it seems morbid. Ask what mm-hmm. songs you want played at their funeral, mm-hmm. write down their wishes, which ring they want to give to which grandchild, you know, things like that, it's yeah. just little stuff. But the best thing I learned, and it took me a long, long time to mm-hmm. like accept it. It really took until we went to memory care to me, accept, accept it. We met with some friends for dinner in July, and we placed her in memory care in November. And it took me from like November, from July to November to finally claim it. But you cannot ever make them happy. All you can do is make sure they're safe. And we yes. had full confidence when we moved her to memory care; she mm-hmm. would be safe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And let me tell you, she did the same things at memory care that she did at home. She fell. Mm-hmm. She had to have the paramedics come and take care of her. She had hit her head and have to go get a CT scan. She would, you know, do all the typical things she did at home, but. There were people there trained to do it for her, mm-hmm. and that I was not trained to take care of her. Um,
1: and you had your family to take care of also, your kids mm-hmm. and your husband, and you couldn't be there
0: all the time. And some days I look back and think, "How in the world did we do this?" But we did, mm-hmm. and um, you did. We're gosh, I don't know if we're like happier, relieved, adjusting. Mm-hmm. It's been 105 days since she passed. I counted wow. up last night. I thought it feels like forever, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't, like, so study the disease, learn it, expect Mm -hmm. it to happen, talk to your friends about it, Mm -hmm. they they all get tired, they get tired of listening about it, but they went through the whole journey with me, um, and take the pictures, visit them, one Mm -hmm. day you won't be able to, take the pictures, take the, um, you know, I I remember the last pedicure I went, the last time I FaceTimed her, I have pictures Mm of that, yeah, and the pictures minute. with your kids. Yes. I mean, so what? She had
1: dementia. There's your kids. She they just shriveled her. up.
0: She went from like, what, 145 pounds to like mm-hmm. 80 pounds at the end. And so if you look at the pictures, you see the progression. You're like, dang, she was really sick. Yeah. I mean, you can't see it sometimes when you're going mm-hmm. through it. When you're the I have the the a midst picture of, of like her purple face from having a goose egg on her face. And I'm like, dang, I miss her. But she was so sick. Yeah. She was. So there was something else that was really important I wanted to say
1: i really appreciate you sharing all this i think it will help other people on this journey and it's something people don't always want to like talk about you know because it it is raw you know but Mm -hmm. it's so important
0: i mean like eat the cupcake buy her new outfit if she didn't even know it's hers yeah i bought her outfit before we went for christmas and so glad she had it yeah cry with them freedom Mm -hmm. i mean some of the best things i did was Go read her Bible to her because she couldn't read. Mm-hmm. her vision went
1: mm-hmm.
0: with the disease too, which is very common. Yep. Um, we would go sing hymns together, mm-hmm. and we would send pizza to the entire staff on New Year's Eve. But, I mean those things that cost 50, 60 dollars, they mend so much because you know you did everything to the end. Yeah: I,
1: mean, I remember she went with the memory care at Christmas. Too. There was a church in Fort Worth that was doing a special um it's dementia friendly and they had a dementia friendly christmas service and she was one that got to go she
0: was one that got to go and it was her one of her i think she hadn't been out in four weeks so we Mm -hmm. placed her in november and she went just about four weeks later yeah and uh, the bus ride was long but she remembered (laughs) it the day after Mm -hmm. you know then that was important to her to go to church and she didn't realize it wasn't all the way christmas yeah you know and cold outside but you know, so some of the other things we did was we paid for her livings to have pedicures with her, or mm-hmm. we, you know, ordered the fried chicken, even though it had fat in it. Yeah, I mean, who cares,
1: right? We you know, <laughs> would go
0: and sometimes they would, we would buy her makeup and they'd put it on her and make her feel pretty because that's sometimes all they had to do in a day. And, yeah. you know, um, tell them you love them, take the trip, you know, know that it might just be your last. You just mm-hmm. never know and you don't mm-hmm. want have any regrets.
1: Yeah. Well, I think all those are. That was awesome Kelly <laughs> and,
0: uh, well, again, my uh, storm I went through is somebody else's one day and I think that the more that you can learn this is not going to go away it's only going to become more prevalent because the medicines people are on keep them alive longer physically mm-hmm. but not mentally so you're going to see this I think go don't you think I mean you know you're a senior specialist yes I mean you know we we do see more and more
1: of it and you know back when my grandparents or my grandmother had dementia but i think of my grandparents who died in the early 80s and you know at that time they i don't think they had dementia they're forgetful but i remember the family would say senile they're a little senile and you just kind of had that in your mind that oh just as you get old you're, you're senile, <laughs> yeah yeah but no it's a whole different game now you know and and who knows you know there's so much research going on is it you know i mean clearly it's got to be something in the environment something Something. it it has to be my
0: kids joke around all the time mom we have dementia i'm like don't say that don't say that that's so mean you don't understand that hurts my heart it really (laughs) does because
1: my daughter will say that every now and then You're just you forgot that and it does kind of strike a little fear when you've had a family member have it it does put a little fear in your heart like Mm -hmm. i don't i don't want to have that you know
0: Mm -hmm. so you know she died during COVID. Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it was a gift that god gave us because she was put on hospice because of extreme weight loss mm-hmm. um, in mid-March and died in end of April. But we put her on hospice three days before they allowed no one else to come visit. Oh, wow. Right? So yeah. we had six weeks of not visiting her except on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. And they would send us videos and we, I can still watch them today. It's so neat Aww. to hear her voice and stuff. But at that time allowed us to let go. Yeah. And it was a huge huge covid blessing and right when they said it was time to call in you know the forces mm-hmm. for end of life mm-hmm. they brought in the most amazing hospice people that i don't know how they do their job but mm. they allowed They're us special. to come in and we sat there and she i died holding my hand so mm. it, it was like god preparing us to go from Busy, busy, busy taking care of her to slowly letting go. Yeah. So the progression has been amazing.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that even through COVID you were able to be with her because a lot of oh, people, yeah. especially during that time, March, April time frame, they weren't able to be with their family oh, members. No. So and then the thank moment God. she
0: was put on end of life, I could come and go as, as much as I please, 24 yeah. hours a day, but I could only go to her room, uh-huh. only two people at a time. And uh, it was just a blessing to be able to be with her mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah, So she never forgot me. That's pretty interesting. And I'm not sure if everybody would agree with that. But it, I could just tell when she when I talked to her before they put her on end of life. Uh-huh. She knew who I was. She did. And that's a huge gift. Yeah, that is.
1: It really is. Because I think that's that's a really hard thing that people really struggle with when their parents forget who they are, you know, and I've talked to so many many families over the past 13 years if that has happened where they you know it's common to forget the names of the grandkids and that sort of thing but to forget the child is it's very you know it's a disease but it still would hurt oh, your heart. i just
0: can't imagine so th- i can't imagine having that feeling and yeah. i'm thankful i didn't but it was such a privilege to take care of her
1: yeah yeah and you honored her well
0: i have no regrets yeah
1: you did a great job well i'm i'm so thankful that you came on and shared your story as hard as I know it is to share, but that's how you are, though. You're it's just, my pleasure. You it's have pleasure. you have that giving heart, so I'm so thankful for you and thankful for, um you know, being there with you. The little bit that I was, oh, if I could amazing. help you at all, you're I'm amazing. happy. She just
0: loved on my mama, and so did the people at the memory they care did. and the assisted the living. They One of the gals at the assist, uh, memory care would go sit with her when she was on end of life and just hold her hand and sing to her.
1: Wow, there's just some really amazing people that you meet, like you said in through senior living and working in these communities and sometimes I think people don't understand that. They think that you know they're gonna take their family member to a community and you know we're we're just leaving them in a memory care <laughs> Drop but <them> off. <laughs> yeah, but they're the people that work there I mean, there are people that you know they just they love them, they truly do, and you don't really believe it or understand it till you see it. Would I you agree? They text me I was in
0: Washington, D.C. And I got a text and said, look how pretty your mom looks today. And she did. She looked like an angel. I mean, they had taken, they put on makeup, you know, Uh pretty day. And they found joy because they knew, well, they were doing their job, but they found joy in the things I would find joy in. Yeah. And they communicated them to us. But even the good and the bad and the silly and the mean and the ugly. Yeah. They just were good at communicating. I mean, no no one's ready to watch your mom hit anybody or Mm -hmm. um, buy diapers for your mom or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not prepared for those things and memory care helped significantly ease that, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, how to (laughs) move forward on different things. Exactly. I am thankful and I'm here though, truly to, I had a great mom and here's Mm -hmm. our opportunity to carry on her legacy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. And I just admire you for coming and telling the story.
0: I'm not sure how I would have done it without you because you confidently refer to us exactly where we
1: are. Well, it was my privilege to be able to help you and your family and thank you. thank you for coming on. So if you have questions about dementia, specifically memory care dementia, we have all kinds of resources for you. So please do reach out. Um, you can go to my website, lauriewilliams-seniorservices.com and um, my phone number's on there email so if you have any questions any resources we are here for you so thank you and we'll see you next time Bye bye